Part 3. The World. Thranphorexian War Day 3. Battle of Megadon Defile. Megadon Defile had become a meat grinder. Dwarves, Minotaurs, Thran, Phyrexians, Halcytes, they fought among the dead. When the third day of battle dawned, the Thran and their barbarian allies were entrenched behind the walls of bodies. They could not retreat into the defile. Halcyte airships commanded the skies over it. Neither could they break through it. Halcyte monsters and machines commanded the desert. The Thran allies could only hunker down the middle ground and fire what missiles remained to them. Meanwhile, Phyrexian catapults made missiles of the dead Thran. Putrid meat rained sporadically from the skies. Dwarven commander Curtisworthy shielded his red beard from the latest hail of gobbets. Monsters! He hissed as the hunks pattered his mail back. He had seen Phyrexians up close now and knew them to be monsters. Yalmoth had changed them. Horns, sagittal crest, spiked barrows, saucer eyes, snake fangs, distended jaws, bifurcated tongues, barbed shoulders, scimitar claws, carapace and scale, singer and tail, slashing, bashing, eviscerating. They were monsters. There was nothing of fear or regret in them. There was only killing. So? The Thran allies crouched behind corpse revetments. Even dwarves. Even minotaurs. Even true-hearted warriors hungered there. This was not a war. This was slaughter. Trapped with death all around, growled Curtisworthy. Were it not for the tourniquet that bound the stump over his sword arm, he would have led a suicide charge, hoping to break through. Not now. Trapped! Curtisworthy peered over the wall of dead, gazing through a cloud of flies. Only the Alliance's clockwork warriors held the front. Morning sunlight shone across the metallic arms. Axes rose and fell. Lances streamed gore. Artifact creatures chewed monstrous flesh. Only Glaceon's metal workers were a match for the implacable Phyrexians. Mantis warriors dragged flex-steel abdomen ceaselessly and tirelessly among the dead, seeking foes to slay. With lithe claws, they gripped Phyrexian heads. With masticating mandibles, they bit away Phyrexian arms. With six legs, they tore the monsters apart. Silver lancers ambled over ground two treasures for cavalry charges. They moved with leggy motions of spiders, but the speed of horses. Their lances pierced even power stone armor. One by one, Halcyte guards fell. Glaceon's greatest triumph were his shredders. Ten-foot-tall metal globes fashioned of blades. Gyroscopes whirled in inner circles of steel, providing momentum and mincing meat as they want. In the center of each globe floated a power stone that directed the motion of the ball. It mowed down anyone it caught. Machines and monsters, Commander Curtisworthy growled. Perhaps the allies could not press forward, but neither would they retreat. Yalmoth would exhaust his defenses and be caught unaware by the Thran reserves. We will prevail. With our artifact army, we will prevail. I won't do it, the chief artificer protested. The young blonde woman sat within the command core of the Null Sphere. She occupied one of the power stone-studded command chairs. You're asking me to kill my own people. By the tens of thousands. By the hundreds of thousands. Yalmoth glared down at the woman in the slim metal chair. He lifted a booted foot to rest on the sinewy conduits that linked the chair to every distal point upon the sphere. I'm asking you to surrender to me the Thran Artifact Army. His sword whispered from its teeth and slid gently against her neck. As I see it, you have no choice. The chief artificer did not look up. Instead, her eyes were trained on her comrades. Seven more artificers strapped to similar seats. They controlled the sphere where it drew its power, where it channeled its power, what machines it monitored, what machines it compelled. I have a choice, Yamath. 
We all have choices. We can refuse and die and save hundreds of thousands of others. Yama simply shrugged. The motion was enough. His power stone armor assinuated the movement, propelling his sword along the chief artificer's neck. Steel sliced through skin, through muscle, through windpipe. In the sudden spray, sparks left from the myriad conduits. Rank smoke rolled whitely around the chair. Within its glimmering arms, the woman convulsed. She was gone. The sword had nearly taken her head off, but the surges of power through the chair jiggled her dead figure. With a sigh of mild dismay, Yamath drew his sword. It dripped across the gridwork floor of the control core. He strode calmly across the metal mesh, approaching the next chair. A young artificer sat, shivering. To have attained such a post at his age, this man must have been a prodigy. It was good. Prodigies are bright, but malleable. Yamath casually whipped the shimmering blade on the man's shoulder. It was an act meant to scare him. It worked too well. No blood came, but another liquid, lower down, filled the chair and electrified it. The prodigy convulsed and slowly died. Shaking his head, Yamoth strode onward. Smoke rolled up behind him. The prodigy cried out fitfully in agony. There were six more seats, six more artificers, each strapped in place and guarded by Yamoth's Phyrexians. Even if all of them died, Yamoth could still take command of the Null Sphere. He knew Glaceon's mind, and in knowing it, he knew all about the station. Even so, it would be more convenient to delegate the duties. He wished to be personally engaged elsewhere. The next artificer was an old man, white-haired and resigned. He had endured half a century of politics and the artificer's union, had survived a shifting empire, and hoped to live beyond a few more moments. Yalmut stood over the man. He stared down. This is only a technicality, you realize. I myself can sit in these chairs, command this fear. You save no one by denying me. You save yourself by indulging me. His sword slid into position in the old man's neck. It is your decision. Nodding quietly, the artificer said, What is your bidding, Lord Yawmoth? A satisfied smile spread across Yawmoth's face. His sword did not move from the old man's throat. I want you to signal to the Thran artifice creatures in the gate and defile. Closing his eyes in concentration, the old man moved his hands dexterously around the power stone matrices in his command chair. You want me to shut them down? No, Yamoth said happily. I want you to turn them on the Thran. I want you to command them to destroy their own people. At midday, the battle shifted. Groans rose from 10,000 mouths. Thran and Dwarf, Elf and Vaishino, Minotaur and Barbarian, they peered from behind corpse bulwarks to see. The Thran artifact armies were falling back. Mantis's world about and loped toward the entrenchments. Lancers hauled their silvery shafts from the dead halcytes, turned the bloody things around, and charged. Shredder ceased chewing through Phyrexians and rolled toward the Thran. This is no retreat, Dwarven Commander Curtisworthy gabbled. With his remaining hand, he grabbed his battle axe. This is betrayal! In moments, the killing wave of metal and flesh crashed over the commander. A mantis war surged up before the wall of bodies and clawed the top corpse from the pile. Razor mandible scissors in the thing's face. An unholy glow came from its blood-crazed eyes. Commander Curtisworthy swung his axe into clockwork jaws. Edge met edge. The axe clove into the machine's face. It bit deep, splitting shiny panels. The mantis's head gaped open. Gears and wires were laid bare. The mantis did not stop. Axe wedged in its face. It clambered over the remains of the wall. The six-legged machine towered above the one-armed dwarf. Its four claws were lightning fast. It grappled Curtisworthy's head to crush it.
The commander hadn't released his axe. Roaring, he wrenched the blade yet embedded into the mantis's face. The silvery skull split like a walnut. Beneath it, lurked a knobby gearwork. Glassy eyes dropped from its ruined housing. The mantis's frame shuddered, suddenly rigid. The axe swung free. Curseworthy did not. The mantis still clutched him. Hanging from a bloody ground, he brought his blade up for a final stroke. The edge split the mantis's skull. Yellow stream jetted from his sundered head. Curseworthy bounded back, yanking his head from the raking grip of the war machine. The mantis collapsed. Curseworthy surveyed the battle. The front had swept past him. Rogue artifact creatures, house-site guards, and Phyrexians scoured the field. There was not a living ally in a hundred yards. Worse, a Phyrexian lip wolf-like toward Curtisworthy. It was a horrible thing, with pink skin bursting atop impossibly large shoulders. The same unholy forces that had stretched the clavicles of that beast had extended its jawbone into a pair of wicked tusks. Teeth crowded the mouth above, and fire-filled compound eyes. The Phyrexian vaulted forward, shrieking. Curtisworthy hurled his axe in the thing's path. His aim was true. The blade struck the Phyrexian just as it had the mantis were, in the head. It chopped through toothy face and sinus cavities and brow ridge. It cut through the cerebral sac and into the brain. Two swings and two kills, both with his left hand. Except that it wasn't a kill. What unmade the metal warrior could not stop this Phyrexian. The brain that oozed from that cleft was no vital organ. Only the lizard mind was needed to fight like this. With final tusks and bloody teeth, the Phyrexian bit through Curtisworthy's good arm. Skin and muscle split. Bone crunched. Teeth met teeth. There was blood. Lots of blood. Curtisworthy fell on his back, staring up at the thing. It had once been a man, but now what is it? Hackled and horrid, the monster hunched against the blazing sky. Was this the future of the Thran? Was it the future of all Dominaria? Dwarven Commander Curtisworthy turned his head away. If this was the future of Dominaria, he did not wish to see it. His final vision was stranger still. As his lifeblood gushed out of him, he saw a vast gray orb, a moon hanging so low in the sky that there was no sky. He could not imagine what this thing could be. It gleamed brilliantly. It cast a blinding light on Halcyon, but threw the defile into deep darkness. Into that valley of death, the army of the Thran Alliance fled. What can it be? What can it mean? He saw something small drop from the belly of that great sphere. It fell onto the center of the defile, in the midst of the fleeing army. The blackness suddenly vanished, in an otherworldly radiance. Dwarven Commander Curtisworthy smiled one last time, and was gone.